Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 256. It's been almost two weeks since the last episode. Got sick, had to recover. Here we are. Going to be going over Baruto chapter 75, One Piece chapter 1067, and One Punch Man chapter 172. Let's get right into it with Baruto. Didn't cover 74. There wasn't all you need to know about 74 is the fact that everybody's fangirling over Ada. But chapter 75, we establish a couple things. The true origin of ninjutsu being Shinjutsu. Amado's real reasons as to why he does, why he's engaged with Yotsuki. How did this all happen? Him wanting to resurrect his own daughter, which is the android Delta. That's the physical vessel. Had a terminal sickness. Had, was trying to, had to do whatever he could to try to, you know, resurrect her, bring her back to life, researching anything he could. That's when Jigen eventually came to him to help him to eventually bring her back, bring back on um, her memories and bring Delta, as we know, to genuinely act like his daughter. So to slow things down with all that information, loving the beginning of the chapter, Damon letting everybody know that, hey, don't mess with me. Kawaki testing him with um, the intent to kill, instantly getting backhanded. Ada looking beautiful and beautiful as ever. I got stuck. Sorry, I looked at her eyes in the skin. I was like, oh, wow, she does look nice. But of course, Ada, she doesn't say too much in this chapter, nor does she need to, just because right now we're trying to get info from everything else. Chapter 75, not a lot of filler, which I love. It does feel like every panel has purpose. So, of course, we get into sort of the origin of Diyosuke for the fact that Amado sort of giving a brief history lesson. Hey, do you remember what I told you about the chakra fruit? Blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, Diyosuke, after millennials of repeating the process and going through karmic resurrection, they, you reach this state of godhood. And then from there, you know, they sort of debate, is this possible? And it's just like, yo, we had a point in the series, Naruto, especially the Naruto. Why, why are we questioning this? I mean, a question the validity, validity, <laughs> question the how valid it is coming from a model at times or if there's any slight little lies, but uh, y'all seen crazier enough stuff. Now, as far as to quote the official information, the OG Osuki, the godlike being, his godlike abilities were known as Shinjutsu, which were neither ninjutsu nor sage arts. They were equivalent to divine miracles. And this is where most of the powers are based off. So Ada's powers, some of the androids' powers, even um, some of the Yasukis themselves. And um, Mato states that the immortality resurrection is known as karma, which is dope to know, seeing as how you know, karma with the abilities, the way we know Kawaki is going to whether betray or go bad. How is this all planning out? Knowing that karma is meant for an art that enables resurrection is spinning things nicely. Now, in fact, ninjutsu itself fundamentally attempts to reproduce phenomena sim similar to shinjutsu through weaving signs and concentrating one's chakra. Now, an important thing to note here, shinjutsu, it isn't like ninjutsu Shinjutsu is the true origin of ninjutsu into where they're all exactly the same. Ninjutsu is its own thing. And based on Amado's information, attempts to copy Shinjutsu. So it isn't like, oh, now we, we shouldn't use ninjutsu anymore. The proper name Shinjutsu or that's the original name. No, no, no. Ninjutsu is still valid. 
now from there, Shikamaru asking the questions of, all right, if this guy was so strong, this guy, you know, having the constant resurrections, constantly going through fruits, you know, the main Nasuki, how, how is he dead? How is he just a corpse? And this is where we get official confirmation, at least from Amado, that after many cycles of evolution, he ascended to a higher dimension where a physical body is re isn't required. If no body is needed, neither are resurrection neither is resurrection nor vessels. And it's a hypothesis that Shabai, the OG Asuki God, discarded his body completely and in turn, you know, goes into that whole entire God being uh, theory. You know, it makes sense. I don't need a vessel going to a different dimension. He's truly a God. No need for a vessel. Blah, 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 blah. All that, all that great stuff. Now from there, Amado's saying, hey, Listen, all this power, all this stuff, as crazy as it is, my interest is the fact that it contained hope to make what is impossible to us possible as far as bringing his daughter back to life. Now, we get a couple scans of Delta um, walking through and then eventually passing out right when he says his daughter. Just for anybody who wasn't paying attention, Delta is his daughter, at least a physical vessel. So he... Amado goes to his Orochimaru state, creating a shell, doing whatever it takes to achieve this. And then while he was in this process, his daughter was battling a random mysterious illness. Yo, I'm telling you, whatever this illness is, it got to be the same thing that killed Itachi. It got to be the same thing that killed, um, what was it? That killed the first Hokage? <laughs> I think he died of disease, right? And it has to be the same one because it's always like unheard of or nothing can heal it. And it just always wipes away. Not the most OP character, Amado's daughter isn't the most OP characters in the world, but damn near the most pivotal characters in the series. Um, with that, uh, he is doing everything he could to extract memories, to extract any bit of information, anything he can to perfectly bring his daughter back to life. But complete strangers didn't act like her. It wasn't her personality, her humanity, all of it, the consciousness just didn't match up. And then right around that time, that's when it hit his head where it was just like, I'm going to need to go into, uh, into full metal alchemist and go into their world. No, he didn't say that. Um, right around that time when Jigen made his appearance, gave him the nice little, nice little speech that makes people go to the dark side. Bada bing, bada boom. That's, that's for the most part the reason he's doing everything that he did and how he got involved. Of course, as far as the karma... He added Akabi's data to Kawaki's restructed karma. All Kawaki has to do is implant karma into a new clone body that will prepare. That should be enough to revive Akabi's soul. The purpose of Kawaki, the karma, everything is still to bring his daughter back to life. Now, what's going to be interesting about this, knowing that the karma is an official resurrection, an official way of resurrecting, he wants his daughter. We understand that Kawaki at some point is going to turn on everybody. I'm curious as, it, as if it's his daughter that ends up taking control of him and just goes bad. If not, you know, we, we still got the whole entire rest of the series to figure that out. Now, going on from here, Momoshiki, his consciousness with Boruto, they're becoming more intertwined. They're going hand in hand. They're becoming best friends. They're boys, they're dogs. They're having that Piccolo and I forgot the other other Namekian's name, that whole concept. I was trying to make a dope reference here, but I... I messed it up. Anyhow, they're buddies. They're living in each other's heads rent-free. And Momoshiki's calling out a metal story like, yo, 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 yo. They, there's, something, there's something up with his story. Boruto, of course, been like, what? What are you talking about? 
Ada's power isn't Shinjutsu. A lot of what Amado stated is correct. However, her ability, that ain't something that even Shinjutsu can do. Her Serengon, now that, that, that thing a little fishy, and this is where I put my take in, is definitely artificial. First of all, that name, clearly inspired by the shotting gun. But that love charm power cannot be. And honestly, seeing how ridiculously overpowered that love charm power is, I don't, I don't see that as a Suki either. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew this the entire time. I don't agree with it either. But then briefly, Baruto has a moment where he sees into the future, sees everyone going after Kawaki, and it looks like he's going bad. And by going bad, he's doing something to where everybody is hunting him down and he's pushing everyone to their limits. Interesting. Ada takes note of Baruto having this moment of looking into the future. Baruto chapter 75, done deal, chronological order. We did it briefly, swiftly. A lot of information, a lot of confirmation. We're getting a lot of, I wouldn't say confirmation, but everything leading to the fact that what we saw in the beginning, how Kawaki betrays everyone, it's not going to change. I'm, I'm happy it's not going to change. And we're starting to see how karma, resurrection, the model's trying to do it for the purpose to bring, that, bring back his daughter. We can see how things have turned ugly. Now, going into One Piece, man, One Piece chapter 1067. This chapter, I don't remember covering it, did I? I know, that's terrible. Like, yo, man, you don't remember covering One Piece? But I tell you all the truth, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. So One Piece chapter 1067, we get, um, you know, a light amount of information Dr. Vegapunk letting everyone know that as far as all his intelligence, his head, um, as far as how he split things up, we understood it went to the other Vegapunks. But in this chapter, he let everybody know that Punk Records, Eggshell Island, is actually a storage space for his brain. Basically, a giant SSD hard drive, a giant network, matrix, whatever you want to call it. And to the point that it's... A, works in the line of antenna. Thanks to this antenna, I can connect to it with brainwaves. And even at this distance, there's no issue at all. And, you know, he synchronizes with all his Vegapunks every day. Everybody's in sync. They all use the same brain. Think of the concept as like a library. And if everyone in the world had the ability to access Dr. Vegapunk's brain, then all of humanity would essentially share his intelligence. That is his end goal. He wants to take it a step further. And if all humanity could mutually update punk records on a regular basis. We could create an entire sea of knowledge that far surpasses even my vast intellect. Crazy. It's screaming matrix. It's screaming restricting freedom. I could definitely see this clashing with Luffy's ideology, his very well-being. You have Chopper going crazy over the medical side of things. And then, you know, Jinbei doing what, what we all thinking. Won't you have issues if ideology gets inserted on top of everything else? which is important, especially, you know, ideologies, not to say every ideology is negative, but if you got ideologies that, for example, we got to kill every pirate because they're all bad, being put into the network, going back and forth and in conflict with anything else, that's not going to be a very good experience. But, you know, science will never advance if you spend all the time worrying about it, Dr. Vegapunk stating. So we get to understand a little bit better the morality skill Dr. Vegapunk resides on. It's more... It resides on the science first, ethics, humility, humanity later. We just, we just in it for the science. 
And the little lightsaber Bonnie had, she almost kills Dr. Vegapunk with it, attracts insects. Pretty funny. We get a nice comedic moment. And then we get more information as far as Momo's fruit and the giant mech robot. So Momo's fruit, it was theorized for the longest that the reason it was a failure was because it was a different color than Kaido's. As funny and goofy as it was, we were right. <laughs> Vegapunk smashing his head in and saying he was a complete failure because of the color. Because even though 99.9% of the devil fruit works amazingly, the fact that it's pink, we ain't rocking with that. And then we get some legendary information as far as the Iron Giant. 200 years ago, it attacked Marajal, which, whoa, throws everything, throws everything out the loop because we know as far as for how old it looked, we assumed, all right, Void Century was when it was active. No, it was built 900 years ago. So a bit before the Void Century. However, it was as active as 200 years ago. You know, as far as the goal, it was never understood. There was no damage to the giant, apparently, because it ran out of energy. And the fact that the world government was able to put down this giant. They crazy. They crazy with that power. However. All right, the energy source ran out. No one knows exactly where this mech came from, who was in charge of it, what were the intentions behind it. But a couple of things to note was that 200 years ago was the year when fishman discrimination became a big issue. So we're seeing some slight ties to there as far as who, who's a fishman. I, I don't got nobody in my head to be real with y'all or who would be capable of understanding this mech, knowing how to power it up and to attack Marajal or even a mech being capable of going to Marajal. That, that's pretty insane in itself. Now, Vegapunk does state that, well, Shaka Vegapunk, not the OG OG Vegapunk, that it needs a dynamic power source. The giant mech needs a giant power source to power it up, something that was present in the void century, but as far as technology and capabilities today, they don't got anything that could power it up. Now, whether this will go towards nuclear energy or using the energy of power foods, we have no idea. And to briefly go over these last um, bits of the chapter, Vegapunk wants to leave with the straw hats. He ain't trying to be here, especially with Shaka saying he feels he ain't going to live long enough. We've seen the foreshadowing there. So seeing as how we're going to be going to Elbaf, Vegapunk wants to go with the Prue. With the crew, with the crew, a lot of information being, you know, being discussed. This is going to be crazy, y'all. Like, we really going to get some mind-boggling revelations. Now, we're getting into a part two. I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't, I don't rock, I don't rock with the fact that Usopp, Nami are flipping out that Rob Lucci and CP0 are on their way to the island. I understand to a certain degree their personalities. They could, they could be cowards sometimes. I'm not going to hold y'all. Even though you got Zoro right next to you, Sanji, Luffy, y'all still freaking out. It bothers me at this point because you guys aren't, you're not newcomers. You're not just entering the new world. You're part of a Yonko crew with someone who you believe to be the future pirate king. Why are you scared of Rob Lucci? It just, I don't know, it feels out of character for me. Like, it does feel out of character for them too. Just because, like, you guys have gone through far too much. You guys just fought two Yonkos. I understand the emotional stakes and, you know, how brutal it was throughout Eni's lobby. And, oh, man, that amazing, amazing finish. But Rob Lucci, y'all terrified of him? Y'all don't need to put some respect on yourselves. Put some respect on your captain, your vice captains. 
because you guys are the legendary straw hats. Ain't no need to be stressing over Rob Lucci. And I genuinely believe they're not going to be no threat. I hope not because it would just throw, you know, I'm not, I'm not too big on power scaling as far as having to everything be perfect. But if Rob Lucci's a threat at this point or anybody in that crew, I'm not buying it, Oda. I'm not buying it. Sanji, I could firmly believe Sanji will wop the floor with everybody, including the Kuma Seraphim. Now, with the baby Kuma Seraphim, we saw Sanji give him a couple kicks, killing him. Now we got a grown one, but I feel Sanji can handle him himself. This arc was most likely going to be like Zoe. Maybe not exactly less than, I already forgot the exact numbers for it. It's going to be maybe more than 30 chapters, but it's going to be on the small side of things, seeing as how everything's being built up for Elbaf, how everybody quickly has to escape. Now, we do have the OG Kuma reacting all of a sudden, running off from the Revolutionary Army. We see Dragon looking very much like Luffy, frantically yelling at Kuma. And that's the end, One Piece chapter 1067. You know, a bit light on the information side of things. I feel this is going to be great, crazy setup for this week. And nothing, you know, mind-blowing. I mean, it depends. An entire brain network for Vegapunk connecting the entire world. The marriage all uh, being attacked 200 years ago. It is mind-boggling stuff. But nothing nothing to where it's just like it changes. Uh, well, I, I guess you could say it changes a couple of things. It's a little crazy chapter. I'm not going to hold you. Crazy chapter. Now, to end off this episode, we're going to be discussing One Punch. Guess the name. This name. One Punch Man. Wait, is this a new chapter? What? <laughs> oh man, this is crazy. I think the new chap this new chapter came out right when I thought I read it. Okay, so here's the thing. I read chapter 171. Right now I'm on chapter 172 and even though I know what happens because I read the webcomic, if there's any changes, I would like to be up to date on it. So we're going to delay it. One Punch Man, 171 and 172 will be discussed next episode. My fault about that, y'all. My fault about that. And with that, I did briefly say I was going to discuss music. So Metro Boomin is going to be releasing Heroes and Villains. I believe it's going to be December. I forgot when exactly, but he revealed the track list. And y'all know we got to talk about the track list. Metro Boomin, Heroes and Villains is going to be 15 tracks total. As far as the official features we know so far, we got Future and Chris Brown on the track Superhero Track 2. From there, we got Umbrella Track 5, 21 Savage and Young Nudie. Then we have Walk em Down featuring 21 Savage and Mustafa. And based on some leaks, we know gonna. I believe, I, from what I saw, is featured on track 15. We don't get everybody that's featured on here. And I enjoy that. I enjoy listening to an album and not having the features listed right away because it's just a nice surprise. Could throw things out of the loop real quick. And it's pretty fun. Now, as far as the top three tracks I'm anticipating on Metro Boomin's Heroes and Villains, because we don't have the features for everything, we're going to go a bit on the names here. Metro Spider reminds me of Spider-Man, so I'm going to be anticipating that track. I'm not going to be anticipating, even though that's a top three anticipating, Superhero featuring Chris Brown just for the fact that, I don't know, I feel, I feel that Chris Brown feature, not that it's going to be bad or anything like that, but just, it isn't something that's like, oh, okay. But the title Superhero initially had my attention. So to really 
if I had to choose two more, Metro Spider, Raindrops, and Too Many Nights. Too Many Nights. Oh, yeah, definitely. Metro Boomins, Heroes, and Villains, my top three anticipated tracks. Metro Spider, Too Many Nights, and I'm, uh, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go with Creepin', actually. We're going to change it up. We're going to go with Creepin'. I'm excited to see what other features are going to be on this album that we have not already, you know, been prepared for with a Metro Boom project. Hopefully there's something out here that's going to be a nice 180, something that throw us off, but works, but works wonderfully. Now, uh, going into December, late contender for album of the year, Metro Boomin definitely has that strength when it comes to this music to where I don't got a question that this would, this is going to match up to an album of the year contender. Now for you guys, well, Actually, Umbrella. I, I tell you that, but Umbrella, I'm pretty interested in Umbrella, 21 Savage and Young Nudie. But with that, what are your guys' thoughts on Metro Boomin? Are you excited for the album, Heroes and Villains? As far as the, you know, summarizing the two mangas today, Baruto, One Piece, new One Piece dropping tomorrow. And then we're going to be back at it with One Punch Man. Thank you guys for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next episode.